Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. friends of Holy Shenanigans podcast. This is Pastor Tara Lamont Eastman, and I am so excited today to be having a conversation with John Fong. And John, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so John is um, with the PCUSA, which is Presbyterian Church USA, and he is a hybrid church communication consultant. And I know that that's that's a long title. We're gonna we're gonna figure out a little bit more <laughs> about what that means. But um, to kick us off, I wanted to give us a little bit of context in the scriptures that are going to be coming up for Palm Sunday. And so, as a preacher, I have always loved Palm Sunday. But when Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday are smushed together into one service. That can be quite a paradox to attend to because you have this jubilant um, story of Jesus entering Jerusalem, you know, people laying their coats on the ground, celebrating him and celebrating their, their feeling that justice is finally coming to the people. And then you enter into passion week. Um, And that is definitely a paradox, but It's also a time for a lot of folks to be continuing to think about gratitude through this season of ending Lent, going into Passion, and then Easter, gratitude for life and rebirth and resurrection. And all of these things, as I was telling John earlier, you know, as I'm out on a a walk or a run, I'm like, ooh, that's such a story of paradox. And it connected for me in the existence of the church as we know it in response to the pandemic, but also prior to that, I think that Jesus ministry was really paradoxical. Like when I sit down and think about it, I'm like, Oh, that was a paradox. And Oh, there was tension there. And Oh, that was challenging there. Or that was, you know, the status quo, you know, bulked against Jesus saying, 
whatever he was, you know, preaching about justice or mercy or love. And so here we are <laughs> in this space of paradox. And I thought, John, you are the, the perfect person to talk <laughs> about paradox with because you are working with churches on hybrid church and communications and helping churches to grow in new ways. Could you tell us just a little bit more about your work, John? I really kind of started about five years ago, and several presbyteries in New Jersey applied for a Senate Innovation Grant um, and then gave it to me. <laughs> so, for me. And then, um, so uh, back then, it was before the pandemic, it was, I guess, almost five, six years ago. And at uh, that time, it was called, you know, uh, I guess, online ministry or something like that. And they wanted me to help them develop best practices. So that was kind of my first taste of helping churches. And it was also when I realized this was my true calling. Hmm. At the time, you know, my wife and I had a digital marketing agency. So when my wife found her dream job, I took over the agency and I realized that this was my calling and that I want to figure a way to just work with churches and presbyteries and PC. Yeah. Last year, I was awarded another innovation grant from the Senate of the Northeast to pilot a church growth program to help churches grow, become more hybrid authentic. So that's, that's how I started. And so you're living into this paradox and trying to help pastors and churches and lay folks live into the reality that is life is hybrid, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we think about our life now, banking, using the GPS, shopping, uh, you know, dealing with our pharmacies, our doctors, even our utilities. You join a gym, you know, all these different services and organizations. If you think about it, that's part of our daily life. And the question our churches need to ask, you know, are you part of that? Are you relevant to people's lives? A healthy, growing church needs to be hybrid. Mm. Yeah. So that's a bold and I think important statement for folks to hear in leadership that for a church to be growing and successful and authentic, they need to be hybrid. Yeah. Just like everyone's normal life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful work. As a clergy person, I am really thankful for the work that you're doing and for the encouragement because walking in that hybrid space as a church leader really can be a paradoxical experience, you know, to, to have that pull one way or the other, yeah. but to stay centered in the middle of that space to be in that hybrid. Yeah. To live into that. Yeah. And, and right now you're sort of unique because most churches, you know, if you ask them, are they authentic hybrid? They they probably don't even know what that really means. It's the relationship with your members and the larger community. It's how you communicate with everyone. It's how you develop and nurture those relationships. It's all hybrid. How does a church minister involve with those kind of communication styles and, and contemporary ways of developing, nurturing relationships? Mm -hmm. 
And quite literally, when I think of Jesus entering Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, what a hybrid example, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what a paradox, because, you know, he comes in on a donkey and this triumphal, you know, trumpet entry, and then everything flips, but Jesus stays in the paradox. Yeah. And continues because of his love for people in the world stays in that difficult paradox space that leads to the crucifixion, but also to new life and resurrection, which takes me back to a word that um, emergent hybrid church reminds me of that emergent church effort. You know, there's, there's the forest and the big trees and those big trees eventually are going to come down, but the trees that come down nourish the soil for new life to sprout back up again. It's part of that cycle of life that I think is essential for organizations, churches to live into. Yeah. I I think that's a wonderful example. I think hybrid church is new life for our churches because before the pandemic, churches were looking at ways of reaching out to people and trying to figure out how do we continue to exist and grow Um, When I started working with churches, a friend of mine who was a retiring pastor at the time said, are you sure you want to be part of this industry? We're sort of like the dinosaurs. Mm. And so hybrid ministry is a rebirth, right? Mm. But it's based on this old-fashioned idea, um, the individual invitation to be part of a spiritual life, right? the one-on-one discipleship and connecting with folks. And I think when I do talk about hybrid ministry, it is this, yes, this global message, but then you have to follow up with these, you know, this paradoxical thing of individual relationship build and communication. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to talk a little bit later on more about those examples of hybrid church. But before we go to that, I would like for you to share a little bit of your own uh, means of maintaining and caring for your own spiritual life. And again, all this season, we're talking about gratitude and how, again, that's a paradox when things are hard to live into that space of gratitude. But um, whether it's a gratitude practice or something else, I'm always curious what people's spiritual practices are that keep their cup full. So um, what is that for you, John? Yeah, I'm Asian, so I have this real strong Eastern sensibility. I do a lot of meditation and visualization. So when I see myself in this spiritual realm, right, uh, beyond my physical body, um, I see myself as a, a spiritual energy that's just swirling around. This idea of this yin and yang in the Eastern culture and, you know, this positive and negative energy. I know for myself, I sort of focus more on the negative. And I think it's a primordial flight and fight kind of thinking. And so we're always concerned about, oh, what's the next danger? What should we worry about? How do we mitigate this type of danger? So when I visualize my spiritual energy during the day, it's sometimes a little dark. So how do I balance that, right? I met with the doctor. He told me, John, you need to drink eight glasses of water every day to to stay healthy and hydrated. 
So as a person who works with churches and, and try to move them forward with very practical steps and results, I thought of how could I use this idea of staying healthy, drinking eight glasses of water, and feed my spiritual energy, help me balance this negative and positive. And I thought to myself, um, developing eight touch points during the day of gratitude and positive thoughts and such. So now every time I go for a glass of water, I also do my one of my touch points. I generally in the morning start with prayer and, and sometimes that will be a visualization. Then, you know, another thing, the next touch point might be an act of kindness, something really simple. If I'm walking uh, or driving, letting someone pull in front of me, opening doors, just uh, saying hello or a smile, it doesn't really have to be this tremendous, you know, act of kindness. And then with hybrid life now, we have our phones, right? So another touch point for me would be just looking at some pictures. My three kids are all in college now. (laughs) Sometimes it's just like, it's wonderful to see my kids when they were younger. And that just, again, I could almost feel my, my spiritual energy beginning to lighten up. That light is starting to fill that darkened energy already. And then uh, for me, when I was working the corporate life before I started really uh, decided to work with churches, it, it was, you know, working in New York City was crazy and, and, and corporate life. And I would take lunchtime and and even lunch uh, lunchtimes, like most Americans were working, <laughs> were working at our desk. So I would just say, now I'm going to go to my church Facebook page and just force myself to have that touch point. Hmm. And I think that this is also something our churches could do to kind of engage our members and uh, the larger community with this kind of idea of feeding your spiritual energy. And then church being more than just on Sundays, right? This daily part of life. And this is something I think churches, again, need to think about, right? If someone like me was going to the church Facebook page, are you going to offer them some sort of positive thought that day? My previous church, they had a, a, also a, a Facebook group where I could go in and just say hi to someone or someone put up a meme that was just light and loving. So that moment just gave me a, a moment to kind of breathe and to connect with my church and my God. And that was enough. So that would be my touch point. I don't know how many touch points. I think I gave a four or five already. But <laughs> yeah, no, those are, are really wonderful examples. Yeah. And because in this life that that we live, that is a hybrid life, balance or finding um grace in our lives um, or margin is often not what people are doing. Like actually putting space for margin or breath or pause in my own life. Sometimes it's really easy to like, just keep filling up the calendar or, you know, get, get excited about what's being accomplished and just, you know, keep going and keep going. But something I've been working on living into is um, I bring my lunch most days to my office and in our, our church building here, we have a wonderful daycare and uh, preschool and there's lots of staff. And it's really important for me 
to pause and say hi to folks who work and to the children who are in our building. And a really simple way of connecting and taking a pause and having a touch point is to take my lunch into the kitchen and to eat there. And some days I engage with several people. Some days it's just me, but it's still just a pause and a place to reorient and to see this life bubbling around me that changes my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Much better than just sitting at my desk. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which, which, and you know, physical, emotional, mental health folks would say, don't sit at your desk and eat your lunch. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But unfortunately most folks do nowadays. So yeah. 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 Or that's not what um, I need to do that day. Sometimes I'll take a walk at lunch, go pick up something at a restaurant close by and and just enjoy being outdoors, you know, but those touch points, they may seem small, but I really don't think they are. No, they're powerful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just like that glass of water. (laughs) Yes, yes, Yes. definitely life-giving. So John, I am, I'm very excited to hear more since you've talked about your own personal practices. (laughs) Yes. I want to see, so the way that we met was through hybrid ministry. Um, I've been working with hybrid ministry for the podcast for a long time and you saw it and you went, Hey, yeah, (laughs) here's here's this person I can link arms with. And I'm so excited that I'm thankful that you, you did link arms with me because it's been such an encouragement to me, but maybe you can tell us a couple stories or a story about how this hybrid ministry has brought hope and lightness and energy to those spaces where there's paradox because church world has paradoxes. But, <laughs> yes. So tell me about love neighbors flowers. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. My work is really based on relationship building, very old fashioned idea, but using contemporary hybrid communication relationship dynamics, right? Um, it's just a challenge. You give someone a simple bouquet of flowers and brighten their day from you and behalf of your church as a way to connect beyond just yourself and to your faith. And then to challenge your friends, families, neighbors to do the same. For us as Presbyterians and church members, it's an opportunity for us to live out our faith, but also strengthening our friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully, do this challenge, it broadens our relationships. It helps us meet new people. Before moving to Grand Island, you know, my my neighbors, you know, I've been with them for 20 years and some of them I hardly ever talk to, mm. right? Or some that I talk to every day. They have no idea that I'm a spiritual person, right? And this is an opportunity for folks to connect with them and strengthen their friendship and also invite them to their spiritual journey. Mm. So that's one project, but all the projects are basically based on this idea. And we do this through contemporary communication, through contemporary relationship interaction. You know, one of the things that we see while churches diminishing or shrinking or uh, even dying is because of this relationship. There's a lot of research that show 
that members don't feel connected. They don't feel like they have friends in church anymore. For myself, especially, and I know for many of my friends and family who go to church, we were invited by someone we knew to be part of their church. And back then, that kind of sort of worked. Now we are pulled in so many ways in different places that it's sometimes difficult, especially for the unchurched folks, to see how church is relevant in their lives. So these simple acts of kindness and faith is a way to invite folks to your faith journey. And then maybe the next step is to consider joining a church. And that's how my churches are growing. Mm -hmm. And this concept of hybrid relational outreach It's more individual relationship building. But also for me, it's um, when I start doing that for my church, it strengthened my relationship with other church members that I challenge or have fun with or started working uh, on projects together. It strengthened my relationship with my pastor, with the leadership, with the church. And it moved me, especially during the pandemic and then post-pandemic, move me from church TV, just watching church on TV, forward onto my spiritual life, my spiritual journey to keep me moving forward toward that and having a close relationship with my church and my God. So it was a little bit of your own Palm Sunday. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and whether we realize it or not, um, we are all on a spiritual journey. Yeah. And having those spaces and however you walk in that space, it's very important. Just as we talk about drinking eight glasses of water a day for our physical health, Yes, uh, how important it is to attend to our spiritual health as well as our, our mental health um, and how they're all so intertwined and hybrid. Yes. If we can encourage folks to understand that hybrid is just a part of existence. Yeah. And has always been, that will be a wonderful thing. Yeah. Pretty soon hybrid won't be the special word. It's just normal. (laughs) Just the way way of life. Yeah. Yeah. Before I let you go and continue on your your hybrid work and helping churches with these projects like Love Neighbors Flowers. And so, by the way, if you hashtag Love Neighbors Flowers, this is my challenge to everybody who hears this um, to give somebody a small bouquet of flowers. And if you're connected to Jamestown First Presbyterian Church, to put a little note in there, say on behalf of me and Jamestown First Pres. Write that on the card, take a picture. If the folks are open to a picture or a video or just take a picture of the bouquet, if they're not and post it on your Facebook or your Instagram. And that will be a way for John and I to know that you are in this work with us of loving our neighbors in this small gesture of kindness. Absolutely. And then you will be connected to us as well. (laughs) Yes. You'll be part of our community. (laughs) And so, John, before I let you go, what would be your blessing or word you'd like to share in closing with our audience? I think the word's intentional. Intentionally 
being grateful um, to balance out your spiritual mind and body life, intentional in your relationship with your church and God, that would be my word, my my blessing. Mm, thank you so much for that. A word that has has come for me is live. And the I in that is intention. So we share that I, but first is love, intention, verve, and ease, um, which is all part of a different conversation or another conversation. <laughs> yes. But um, so for all of the paradoxes that we live into, may we live with the intention of love. Nice. I think that's a good place for us to, to be at this intersection between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. Wonderful. And John, if folks want to get in touch with you or connect with you about church growth or hybrid church, yes, how can they do that? Um, they could just go uh, on just, they actually could just Google ask John Fong and I will pop up. <laughs> Fabulous. So yes. go to ask John Fong and you will find John and um, all of the wonderful ways that he lives into this paradox of being a spiritual person in the world today. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> You're welcome. God bless you. And to all that are listening, blessings upon you this holy week.